0: The Lord, church. Amen. I know we got something to praise Him for. Amen. He woke us up this morning. Amen. We're clothed in our right minds, most of us. Praise God. (laughs) Amen. Marginally, some of us, but we're here. Amen. The fact that we were able to put on our own shoes, right? Brush our own teeth. Amen. We take those things for granted. But I tell you what, there's, it's something to give God praise. Because somebody doesn't, doesn't don't, don't have feet. Someone don't have hands. Right? It's the small things, small things that we should be grateful for. I love that song that they sang tonight. Uh, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. That really has, has to be a posture that all of us adopt into our lives. The first beatitude that Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, blessed are the poor in spirit. Amen. Saying to God, I understand, I realize that without you I am destitute. Without you I cannot do what I need to do. Without you I cannot obey. Without you I cannot live. I am poor, poor in spirit. Amen. I love that song. Thank you for standing tonight. Uh, I want to give honor to our pastor and uh, his absence tonight, praying for him and his family. Uh, honor to Pastor John, amen, tonight, who is in the house. I want to welcome all of our visitors that are here tonight. I had the opportunity, that's right, let's give them a hand. <laughs> I had the opportunity to meet Diego. Diego, wave your hand at the church. Amen. It's Diego's first time here tonight. Amen. amen excited excited for what God is going to do in his life church I want you to know something that I, I pray for you constantly. I pray for you and I've been so burdened for for people who are uh, discouraged and hurting and 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 don't know where God is amen it's okay if you find yourself in that position we've all been there and guess what we may be there again right but I'm praying for you I love you. Thank you for your faithfulness to the house of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Psalms chapter number 23, Psalm 23, and we're going to continue in the vein that our pastor uh, has been teaching from the topic, don't allow the enemy to sit at your table. Look at your neighbor and say, don't allow the enemy don't allow him to sit at your table. Amen. Hallelujah. I thank God. Thank, uh, I want to thank my pastor for trusting me to, um, to stand here tonight. I don't take it lightly. I understand the assignment that's before me and is my prayer that you are as a church, that you are strengthened and that you are edified and challenged by the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm chapter number 23. The Lord is my shepherd, (laughs) not my job, not my friends, not my money, but the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake, oh hallelujah yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for you are with me <laughs> your rod and your staff they comfort me verse number five is our, our focused verse tonight you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil my cup runs over Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Thank you, sir. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. <clears throat> Amen. Don't allow the enemy to sit at your table. Psalm 23, I, I, love, I love this, this chapter uh, in, in the Bible. It's, it's short, it's easy to read, but it's very compelling. It's a compelling chapter. David here is just a young boy. He's a lad, if you will, but he's able, through his writing, to provide us with this beautiful illustration of God's protective nature, Right? And not just his protection, but also God's provision. David is writing about his provision also. David is so eloquent. He's a songwriter. He's a worshiper, right? And he's using poetic language to describe his relationship with God. I love this because David sees God in his own reflection hear what I'm saying to you. And God sees David in his image. This is not a prideful thing. This is a perception. It's a mindset of how David is viewing his relationship with God. It's a beautiful relationship. Did you know that when God looks at you, he doesn't look at you, amen, according to your faults and your failures? Praise the Lord. Amen. He doesn't look at you with eyes of disdain. Amen. He looks at you through the eyes of grace. And He's he's mindful of our issues, right? He's mindful of them, but He's not focused on them to condemn us. Praise God for His grace. Praise God for His mercy. But God loves us through our mess, and He's always pulling us he's always leading us nudging us to get to that place where he has created us to be that's the nature of God see David himself was a shepherd and his unique ability to relate with God is based on his passions let me tell you what I mean David is able to understand this relationship with God because David himself was a shepherd. Okay? See, this works well because what David does and who David is glorifies the Lord. It glorifies him. Now, you, you really got to understand this. You got you to gotta see this because the reason some of us cannot really relate with this kind of relationship with God, the reason why we cannot uh, uh, really perceive uh, this concept of a relationship with God is because most of the time, what we want and who we are are contrary to God. Okay? So there's always this underlining tension, there's always this disconnect between us and God. And when this happens, you're never ever able to see how good. God really is. And he is a good God. Amen. God is good all the time and all the time the church said God is good. He is a good God. Despite of what I've been through, despite of what I'm dealing with right now, amen. It may not have worked out the way that I have wanted it to work out, but still God has been good. He's a good God. Amen. Let's go to John chapter 10. And I'm, I'm going to just slow down. I don't want to preach tonight. I'm going to teach a little bit tonight. You know, teaching helps you grow down. Preaching helps you grow out. Right? <laughs> and I love Wednesday nights because it's, it's a time for us to look into the word together. John chapter 10, verse number 10. And this is Jesus talking. He says that the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus says, but I have come that you might have life. And that you might have it more abundantly. He says this in verse 11 I am the good shepherd. He calls himself good. He says that I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. This is really prophetic if you think about it. He's talking about his death. Right, He says the good shepherd will give his life. He'll lay down his life for the sheep. The Lord calls himself good. If God never does anything else, he's already been good. If he never makes another way, he's already been good. If he never opens another door, he's already been good. If he never answers another prayer, God has been good. I'm trying to drive this point home for you. When you are not able to see God through the eyes of his goodness, it impedes any opportunity for you to truly love him. Okay? Because it creates a breach in your relationship. And this is dangerous because when your perception of God changes, your relationship with God changes. And depending how long you've been in your situation or how long you've been in your season can definitely change your perception of God, right? So that's why he instructs us. The Bible instructs us to meditate on the things of God. What does that mean? That means I'm going to remember when I was going through this situation over here and how stressed out I was and how, how angry I was and God came through. I want to think about that. And then I want to think about this situation over here. Amen. when I didn't know what I was going to do, I didn't know how I was going to pay the bills. I didn't know how I was going to deal with the lies that were being told on me. And I prayed to the Lord about it and God hurt me and he came through. I want to think about those things. Okay. A lot of times our perception of God it's not always based on a sin problem. Sometimes it's a will problem. My will and God's will, they just don't seem to, to align. They don't, they don't seem to 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 jive. There's always this, this, this friction between what God wants me to do and what I want to do. And because of that, you're never able to see the beauty of his majesty the power of his grace because we are viewing him through the eyes of our situation i'm going somewhere here we're talking about that not allowing the enemy to sit at your table and when this happens in our life we are never able to have a meaningful fulfilled life in the lord and that's what god desires for us you know, have you ever seen someone that they just, they, they seem like they, they can love God through no matter what? They just seem like, you know what, God is always with them. You know, they're just like, you know, on cloud nine in God all the time. They're always taking the most laps around the church. <laughs> They're always happy when you see them. It's because they have resolved themselves to understand that the God that I serve, irrespective of my situation, he is a good God. He's a good God. So David begins Psalm 23. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. This is where he starts. This is where he assumes his position. The Lord is my shepherd. This is important. This is important. The idea of God being your shepherd is more three-dimensional than what it, see, it looks like on the page. Okay? The Lord is my shepherd is not a flat, linear statement. There's depth to it. There's height to it. Right? Right? So, you have to understand that on the terms of just reading the words on the paper, it becomes shallow, right? It's comforting, but there's no substance to it. It sounds good. The Lord is my shepherd. We read it at funerals, we quote it, you know, but there's no depth. Behind the words that the Lord is my shepherd. But when you allow yourself to walk the perimeter of that thought that the Lord is my shepherd, understanding the functionality of the shepherd, the love of the shepherd, the primary care of the shepherd, both spiritual and practical and natural, you begin to understand that it's much deeper than my words of the Lord is my shepherd. Right? It's three-dimensional. Because the love of the shepherd, the best thing that he does is love us. Everything that the shepherd does is based out of love. But check this out, church. It's tough love. It's tough love. Not only does God feed us, but he loves us. But he loves us with tough love. Because he wants you to be transformed into his image. And so he uses situations, he uses people, he uses circumstances, he uses trials, all to mold you and make you into what he looks like. Okay? All right. God provides us with what we need, when we need it, and how We need it. Somebody say what we need, when we need it, and how we need it. In order for this to be effective in your life, church, this is a mindset. This is a resolve that you have to make in your heart, in your spirit. Okay? Listen to what the scripture says about David. Acts chapter 13 and verse 22. And we're we're, we're getting to the meat. We're getting to the meat. But God, uh, uh, Acts chapter thirteen and twenty-two says this, uh, and it's 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 Paul, um, uh, 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 um, or excuse me, Luke, referring back to what was written in the Old Testament, and it says, and when he had removed him, talking about Saul, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom he gave testimony, and he said, I have found David the son of Jesse a man after my own heart. Watch this. That shall do and fulfill my entire will. Right? So David understood in order for me to be successful in this relationship with God, there's a responsibility that I have. I have to give my entire self. Okay? So there's a binding of the relationship. David has resolved himself to the mindset that in every season, this includes both abundance and lack. It includes rebuke, and it includes praise. In our struggles, both public and private. In our inconsistencies, in our insecurities, in our failures, in our flaws. You know, I'm using those words a lot because guess what? We all have them. (laughs) <laughs> we all have them. You have to put away, amen, those things that, that, that distract you and cause you to see God in an ill manner. Okay? All right. Let's move forward. Amen. We're just kind of talking about the word of God tonight. Amen. Amen. You know, many of us, I have found in my own personal walk with the Lord that many of us, We'll try and build a relationship with God without laying a foundation first. What do I mean by that? Most of the time, something pushes us to God. There's people in here right now that you had addictions, Amen. You had uh, uh, family problems. You had um, you maybe were facing jail time. I don't know what that thing was that pushed you to God, and that's a good thing that you that it came that it brought you to God. But in that, you still have to understand that even though I may get a resolve for this situation right now, there's going to be something that I have to face tomorrow. Right? And if that relationship with the Lord is not built on love, it's not going to be sustainable. It's not going to last. Okay? Amen. Luke chapter 14, verse 28. This is Jesus talking. I'm not going to really go into uh, the context of this scripture, but it says, Which of you intending to build a tower sits down first or sits not down first and count not the cost whether he have sufficient to finish it? Okay. Amen. There's a life lesson that Jesus is trying to get his people to understand. It's not healthy, church, to start. And stop your relationship with God. Start and stop your relationship with God. Start and stop your relationship with God. Because you're never building a solid foundation with the Lord. Right? You have to learn how to, to build on that foundation, right? And there's gonna be seasons when you, you can't build, right? And I think in 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 the Pentecostal world, you know, we've 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 lost the art of being still. We always, we think we should always be doing something. I got to always be, but sometimes God is just saying, be still. Be still and see the salvation of the Lord, right? We're leading to the table. All right. Pastor gave four points during his teaching over the last, was it two weeks, three weeks? Last two weeks. All right. I'm not going to reteach them because I couldn't. He's, he's, he's the teacher and this is. Amen. His information. But I'm going to I'm going to mention them for continuity. The first of them is apathy. It's the lack of interest or enthusiasm towards the things of God. This is why pastor is always pushing us to get involved. Teach a Bible study. Come to church on Monday night. Come to Monday night prayer. Right. Read your word. Get involved in greeting. Get involved in something because he's trying to push against the mindset, a spirit of apathy. And if you're not careful, it's, it sneaks in little by little. I'll do it next week, uh, you know, right? I'll, I'll do it next month. I'll do it next semester, right? And what we don't understand is that we're allowing a mentality to build up in us. The second thing that he talked about is disobedience. Disobedience is like acid in your relationship with God. First, it separates us from God because God is holy, right? God is holy, and it disconnects us from God. It also distances us from our brothers and sisters. There's a disconnect, disobedience. Now, I'm not talking about struggles, and Pastor even said this. We're not, uh, he, he wasn't talking about struggles that we're trying to overcome, we're praying about, we're, we're seeking the Lord about. He's talking about actual defiance defiance it's my will God not your will all right we're almost there the third thing that he talked about was distraction distraction prevents you from giving your full attention okay being so overwhelmed by something or being so overwhelmed by someone or some situation that we don't have the capacity to pay attention to God. Okay? One of the dangers of being distracted is that it can lead to idolatry. That's powerful right there. Okay? It can lead to idolatry. Idolatry. Anything that you put more emphasis on, anything that you give more of your attention to can become idolatry. Now, don't think about this, church, in terms of worship, right? I don't have to worship something to give it my full, undivided attention. I can just give it my attention, right? And I can replace God with whatever that thing is. And God is trying to move upon me, but I cannot focus on it. All I can think about is, 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 what is what's before me. It's distraction. The fourth thing that Pastor talked about was having a, victim, a victim's mentality. I'm not going to um, uh, really talk about this one. I will say this um, is that most of the time, this is a generational thing, it's a predisposition. And there's beauty in that, actually, because that generational curse can be broken, right? It can be broken. And, and let me tell you why, why, why that kind of makes it a little bit easier, because when you can identify a problem, you can, you can change a problem, right? And so all you have to do is look at the people that you grew up around, <laughs> look at the people that you are working or hanging around right now, right? It, it's, it, it rubs off on us. It's a, it's a mentality, okay? All right. Psalms chapter 23, verse number five, thou prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. The fifth enemy that I want to talk to you about today, and it's, it's funny because when Pastor John called me a few days ago to, um, to ask me to, to speak tonight, as we were talking, the Lord dropped this in my spirit, okay? The fifth enemy that you should not allow to sit at your table is absenteeism. Absenteeism, not showing up when God provides an invitation. I mean, think about that. Think about that. Talking about missing the chance of a lifetime, God himself, amen, he prepares a table. He spreads it out. He moves heaven and earth and gives you an invitation, and guess what? He's there waiting, but you don't show up. Jesus. All those things that we talked about, that pastor talked about, distraction, victim mentality, all those things can make me miss my appointment with the Lord. Look at this empty chair. You know, a a chair is, is not meant to be empty. It's meant to be sat in. This is your personal invitation. And let me tell you something about this chair. I want to go off notes here. Okay, this, this chair, you know, God, God is saying, listen, this is your personal invitation. This is not your invitation to bring your family. It's not your invitation to bring your posse. It's not your invitation to bring your coworkers or the people that you love. This is your invitation. David said he prepares a table before, uh, before me in the presence of my enemies. And the reason why sometimes uh, we cannot fully appreciate the invitation is because we want to bring too many people with us. And the Lord said, this is dinner conversation between you and I. All the things that you love, your favorite colors, your favorite foods, the right environment, God has said, I'm giving you a personal invitation And we don't show up. How many times have God tried to get us to meet him in the closet of prayer and we don't show up? How many times have God led us to do a thing, but we don't show up? It's an enemy. It's an enemy. There are three kinds of absenteeism. The first one is a planned absence. You know you're not going to be there. I don't care what God does. I don't care how he lays it out. I'm not showing up. I'm not going to be there. But guess what? God is so gracious, he still gives the invitation, Brother Demetrius. The second Type of absenteeism is a last-minute absence. I planned to be there, right? I I I I I've all you know I had all the right intentions that I was gonna show up, amen, for when for 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 this invitation that God, God gave me, but something else was more important. Something else was more important. This is the one that got me. The third type of absenteeism Is a virtual absence. In other words, okay, I'm here, but I'm not here. (laughs) I'm here physically, but I'm not here emotionally. I'm unavailable. And I show up to appease the Lord. I show up because I know I'm supposed to be there on Wednesday night, Brother John. I show up because I know I'm supposed to be there on Sunday morning. I pray because I know I'm supposed to pray. I read my word because I know I'm supposed to read my word, but I'm not present. Virtually, I'm unavailable to God. And God is saying, look, it's not even so much your presence that I want as it is your heart and your mind. So when I provide this invitation, I need all of you there. Hallelujah. I need all of you there. Being absent can be detrimental. We have have three minutes. Being absent can be detrimental. It can have detrimental consequences. David was absent. When he should have been at the battle with his men, he wasn't there. It got him in trouble. Lives were lost. Destinies were altered. Because David was absent. Unnecessarily so. All he had to do was was show up. And let God work it out. Adam had an appointment with God. The Bible says that God would walk in the cool of the day to meet Adam. He laid it out. He gave Adam an an invitation and Adam didn't show up. And guess what? It changed the trajectory of, 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 of creation. It changed it. It is important, church, that when God beckons for us, that when God calls us, that when God leads us, that we show up we must show up. Hallelujah. It's important that we show up. And when we show up, David, because David was, was able to show up and he was able to be there in his mind and his heart and his body, his attitude, right? His ways, he says this in the last verse as we stand. I know this wasn't a, a jump and shout time. But this is, you know, the word of God is, is supposed to challenge you. It's, it's not cotton candy. It's sweet, but it's not cotton candy. It's supposed to challenge us. And that's one of the things that I love about being in the house of the Lord is that when I leave here, I should be challenged to be better than I was when I came. Amen. Amen. So David understood the importance of not allowing the enemy to sit at his table. And because of that, he says these words. He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Can you give God a hand praise tonight? Hallelujah, Lord. We're going to open these altars. And again, I know that this, there's no fire falling from heaven, but I believe God is speaking tonight. And I believe that we are in the presence of people who have decided to make Jesus their choice. And I know that a lot of us are, are dealing with stuff, life's issues. And pastor said it so, so perfectly that he's not minimizing. It's not to minimize your struggle. But you have to know that God has your best interests at heart. That God loves you more than you can ever know. And he has greater things in store for you. He wants to do things that you have no idea that he wants to do. God wants to blow your mind. So let me encourage you tonight. That when you leave this door, guess what? That thing is going to be there. But you know what? You can look at it and say, you know what? I have decided to follow Jesus. I understand. I choose. Issue, the Lord is my shepherd. Problem, the Lord is my shepherd. Struggle, the Lord is my shepherd. And he's going to provide for me the things that I need. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. If you're in this building tonight and you need a fresh touch from the lord i'm asking you to go ahead and come down come down to the front if you need a renewing of your mind hallelujah 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 lord i i know that i've, I've made some some bad choices lord I know. I know that I, I haven't been fully committed, Lord. I, I understand that that I messed up. Even today, I said the wrong thing. I did the wrong thing, God. But Lord, here I am. Here I am, and I want you to be my shepherd. I want you to lead me. I want you to lead me through the valleys. I want you to lead me over the mountaintops. I understand that your love is perfect for me, God. I may not get what I want. I may not have the things that I want, but I want you to be my shepherd. Come on, let's cry out to the Lord tonight. I'm poor in spirit, Lord. Father, I pray for your people tonight. I pray for your people tonight. This is your church. These are your people, God. You see every struggle. God, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, God, to post their ministering angels, God, beside them, that when they leave this building tonight, that they will be ministered to. I pray, God, that the seed of the word is planted in good soil of their hearts. God, I pray in the name of Jesus against the enemies that want to sit at my table, Lord. I recognize them.